Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Within this podcast, you'll encounter content that will instill hope, fortify your faith, offer practical, real-life insights, spread the love of Jesus, and inspire you to fulfill your unique purpose. Now, please stay tuned as we prepare to delve into this week's message. John chapter 6. We're going to read from verses 1 through 13. I'm going to probably spend most of the time in the NLT version, um, but uh, I'm going to ask one more time. I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, in, in our church, we normally stand, and it's something that we want to invite you to do with us today. And so if, you've, if you found it, please say amen. If you're still looking for it, please say hold on. If you're just using the screen, just say I got it. John 6. The word of the Lord says this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. And there was a huge crowd that kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly the time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus saw, soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy what? Say it together. Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. How many of you know that sometimes the Lord is going to ask you questions that he already knows the answer to? And Philip replied, even if we worked for months... We wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves. And how many fish? What type of fish? Small fish, fry fish, escovitch fish, curry fish. I don't know what type of fish. Fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? He said, tell everyone to sit down. Jesus said, so they all went down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and he distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate what? As much as they wanted. After everyone was full at the buffet, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. We honor God's word by saying, amen. You may be seated. You know, the topic I'm going to share with you in a little bit, but, you know, enough. Initially, I was going to say that the topic would be enough for leftovers. How many of you like to go to a buffet and then you like to take some stuff home with you? Or, or maybe it's the family outing. You are the one that comes with the empty um, Pyrex dish. You know, you don't come with food, but you make sure that you take something home. Am I talking to anybody here today? And what was very interesting, this, most of us are familiar with this text. You've heard it before. And so maybe this is nothing new. But I believe that there are some truths that we can extract from this text that God wants us to know. 
And, and, and I, I want to start with just by giving you the title of this is that your peace matters. All right. Your peace matters. Can you nudge your neighbor and tell them that your peace matters? Your purpose matters, your gifting matters, your space on the planet matters, your ideas matter, your peace matters. Even as I look at the pastors of this house, is that their role, your, it matters. And every once in a while, sometimes we can look at the insignificance of who we are, and we may ask the question, do I really matter? In fact, if you look at the statistics, most people, when they commit suicide, they're really saying that I don't really matter. In fact, if I would dare say that even in this room, there may be some of you that at one point in your life, you've also asked the question, do I really matter? Do I matter to my family? Do I really need to be here? Does God really see me? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but the truth is that nine out of ten of you have asked that question probably in the last year. Your peace matters. In the text that we read, once again, we're familiar. Jesus is out doing miracles. He's doing what Jesus does. And there's a crowd following him from one place to another. And he finds himself that, he, you know, after teaching and giving out and giving the spiritual word, he looks at the people's face and he saw that they were hungry. In fact, those faces look very similar to some of y'all in the room right now. So I'm going to try to keep this under three hours this morning. And so he looked at the faces. He saw that they were hungry. And it's amazing that Jesus actually cares not just about our spiritual needs, but he cares about your physical needs. He cares about how you feel. He, he cares about your emotional state. He cares about the, even the smallest of things. You know, in our church, we, we've been talking about um, going back to basics, but also about that the little things matter. All right, nudge the other neighbor and say the little things matter. The little things matter. Have you ever stubbed your toe? It's the most excruciating pain on the planet. It's like I would rather you torture me, put worms on my face, put cockroaches on my feet. But when, maybe, did I go too far? Okay, I went too far. Was it the worms or was it the cockroaches? Cockroaches. Okay, let's get back to the text. The little things matter. And Jesus cares about the small things, the little things. He cares about each one of you. And in this particular passage of Scripture, we can see a few things that I want you to be able to extract. As we get to honor our pastors, the pastors of this great house, um, they matter. Like Pastor C, I don't know about you, but I can guarantee to his wife and his children, he matters. That he plays a vital role in my life and I believe that every one of you can say that for him and the rest of the pastors is that they play a vital role in your lives now what would happen if they no longer made themselves available like a jigsaw puzzle it would feel like something is missing uh, now now let me tell you a little bit about me growing up I first of all I like jigsaw puzzles anyone like jigsaw puzzles you know, I love jigsaw puzzles. And my mom is the master at jigsaw puzzles. And so from very early on, we, that, that was our family thing. So first of all, it was Fridays. We had Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right? That was the one day that we could eat out. All right? Every other day, she cooked a full meal and so forth. So in fact, Sundays, she made enough so that on Mondays, what? 
There you go. They had leftovers. Uh, and then sometimes it even stretched to Tuesdays. By Wednesday, we didn't want leftovers anymore. All right. But then we went the whole week. By Friday, Friday was like the treat. So then we, we now used to play games. Um, and dominoes was one of the games we played. But we also got to do puzzles. And so we used to put together these 1,000-piece puzzles, and it was thrilling, but it was also really frustrating. Have you ever had to put together a puzzle, and then you seem to get to a point where you're stuck, where you can't find the piece that you're looking for, and then you're looking on the floor, you're looking all around, and then you're trying to assemble this together. And, and, and there's a level of frustration that sometimes comes when you're trying to put things together. But let me tell you something. If you are one in a 1,000, do you understand that your value is just as much as the other 999 every piece matters and I find that sometimes we look at ourselves and we don't think we're worth much but every picture would be incomplete if you were not in it the school that you attend it would be incomplete if you weren't there the job that you go to that you've been going to for the last 20 years it would be incomplete if you weren't there the grocery store that you go to and you smile at the cashier and you wave, it, she would feel incomplete if you weren't there. The church that you get to bring your gifts to, it would be incomplete if you weren't here. So we learned this truth about Jesus using the small things. In, uh, in the NIV, verse number nine, it doesn't just say that there were five loaves of Two fish, it was, it says that there were five small loaves. In fact, it goes a little bit further and says that there was a, a little boy, in other words, that there was someone young in the camp that had food. And in order for that to be a miracle, he had to be willing to do these three things. Are you ready for these three things? Someone should say amen. Say a little bit louder, say amen. So the first thing that had to happen is that in order for the requirements for the miracle, the first thing is that it had to be researched. So we can see that what happened, I can imagine this. This is, this is probably, now this is according to the book of Heston chapter 7 verse 3. This is what I believe what happened. So some of the disciples saw that the people were hungry and they started going to folks who were like, yo, you got any food? You, you got anything in your bag? You got, you got, you got, you got any snacks? Um, now, let me ask you this question. How, how many of y'all got snacks with you? Anyone got snacks? No one got snacks? No one got... Ladies, come on. Ladies with children, if you... I can guarantee, if I look in your pocketbook right now, you probably have roti. <laughs> you have a full spread because they always got snacks in their bag. But the disciples went around and they were asking the question, like, you know, who, do, do you got anything? Do, do you, you got any food? You got any food? And they were asking, asking. And could I, I guarantee that there were some people in the 5,000 that had food, but they didn't want to share it. I know it. You, you know how I know it? Because maybe that's how I was, I am sometimes. Now, parents, you really get this. Have you ever went to maybe Chick-fil-A, all right, and you know you have kids at home? And so you stop at Chick-fil-A before you get home. And then you pull up, usually a block away, and you finish the sandwich and the... Come on, I know I'm talking to someone, all right? And it's not that you're selfish, but you don't want to share. 
And so you, you make sure that no one sees you and you do it at a distance. And for those that aren't parents yet, guess what? You'll, 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 you'll get there. And so after you finish it, first of all, and then you make sure you look in the mirror, you wipe the crumbs of your, like, like you, there's no evidence. You, you crumple up the bag, you slip it inside your pocket, you go inside the house and you slip it in the garbage. Am I talking about talking to anybody here? That's what we do. So there were some people, I guarantee that they had food, but they wasn't willing to share it. Now, this kind of brings up an interesting point or thought. Has God gifted you with something that you have been holding back on? Has God given you an assignment? Has God given you a talent? Has God given you a mandate? And you're trying to keep it all to yourself when God wants you to release it to those that may be in need. So the disciples went around and they researched, they examined, they looked at, wait, who has something? And maybe this is the thing that you need to do individually for yourself. If you look at your own life, what is there that God wants to multiply? What's the, I, I don't want to say it like this, but what is even the difficulty that when placed in God's hand? That he has the ability to feed a nation. What are the mistakes that you've made that you don't want to tell anyone about? Because you're blessed and highly favored. You've been saved since you were born. In fact, you came out the womb saying hallelujah. But you don't want to share your mistakes because people will now see that you're not perfect. But what if your vulnerability actually saved a whole generation? Well, what if it shifted the culture in your family line? Well, what if it changed the neighborhood where you were? And so I believe every one of us has to go to, the, to, to our private place and say, God, I'm looking inside of me. I'm doing the research. What about my journey? Is it that you want me to offer unto? So once you go through stage number one, which is the research, that's asking yourself the hard questions. That's asking the Holy Spirit to reveal it unto you. The second thing is that now is the place of awareness, and that's for it to be realized. Someone say, for it to be realized. That means that there is an epiphany moment where you realize, wait a second, God wants to use this. God, wait, 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 wait. God wants to use that. Wait, wait. I, 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 I am a maverick in business, and God wants to use that. Wait, wait. I, I am, I'm an expert, that God wants to use this. Or, or maybe not something so huge. I have to clean up behind the sports team. I didn't make the cut, but I'm in the locker room. God wants to use that. See, I think this part of realization is really important because there are some things that God wants to redeem. There are some things about our own life that, that we have almost saying, you know what? God doesn't want to do anything with that. God can't use that. But can, can I just prophesy to someone just for a moment? There are some things that if you would place it and release it in the hands of God, he's going to use it to transform others. Guess what? It's not just about you anymore. It's about an entire nation. And even now, this house is full of individuals and leaders and mothers and fathers and pastors that are willing to be able to commit themselves and say, wait a second, I realize that God wants to use the entirety of my journey, even the small things. So we have this little boy and 
could be about my son's age. I may be younger, but my son is 13 years old, by the way. Trying to grow a mustache. He's trying. Believing. Can we just stretch our hands? I'm believing he's going to grow a foot. In the, no, I'm serious. But he wants to be taller. So why can't we believe even for God to even stretch even in the physical? I believe it. So when you see him next, as the word says, by this time next year, make sure you invite me back so we can see how tall he is. But I, I want to go back to just seeing how the, the disciples went. They saw this young boy. And kids are naturally not very generous with things that they like. Now, they are generous with things, at least if I ask my son, hey, can I have some broccoli? People like that, sure. In fact, you can have all of the broccoli. But if it's something maybe he really, really likes, he would hesitate. So I imagine this boy just having the food. He has his Superman lunchbox. You know, he has his food packed away. And he is, or he's, he's like, he's been asking his mom all day, wait, wait, is it lunchtime yet? Is it lunchtime yet? Can I eat it? Can I eat it? Can I eat it? And, and his mom said, no, just wait, just wait. And so all of a sudden, the disciples coming around asking for food. I think the first, the, the boy's hesitation at first was like, I ain't giving nobody my, I, I don't know these people. They're not having my lunch, but there was something that came up upon him. And let me tell you the why I believe his position changed. It wasn't because the disciples asked. It was because who wanted it. Even as the leaders ask of this house of you to share and you to serve and you to give, don't look at it as, well, that's Pastor Cecil. Hmm. I think we would be missing what God wants to do in your life. Because he is just an ambassador. Him and the other leaders are just an ambassador for the Lord. So oftentimes when they stand and say, I, 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 want, you, I want you to pray a little bit more. I believe it's the Lord asking, hey, would you place your time in my hands? Can I ask this transparent question? How many of you struggle with alone time with God? Okay, well, let me... I struggle. You get up in the morning and, you know, if you get up late and you're running, you're rushing, you are, it's like the Olympics in your house, trying to get yourself together to get to wherever you need to go. And so sometimes it feels very difficult to spend quiet time with God. Maybe you don't have an hour. Maybe you don't have 10, but can I tell you, if God wants those 10 minutes, if all you have is those 10 minutes, then I, I guarantee if you offer it to God, he will make it multiply in your life. So this young boy, you know, this is kind of what I think he did. Is like, are you sure Jesus is asking? And the disciples were like, yeah, yeah, he's asking. I believe the boy said, well, I'm coming too. I just want to make sure that what I'm giving you by the time that it reaches to where Jesus is, that there's no crumbs on your face. So, because the Bible says that the boy came along with the lunch. He didn't just give them lunch. He came and it was when he saw Jesus, he gave his lunch. And this is what we see next. 
is that when we place what God has given us, our pieces in God's hand, all of a sudden that's where we see the partnership where miracles can be established. So it needs to be released. I believe that half of us is in this stage that we actually hesitate. Like God has asked us to give something, we know we have the capacity, and maybe we realize that wait, God wants my pain, God wants my, wants my time, God wants my family, God wants these little things, and maybe you realize it, you research it, you realize it, but now, are you able to release it? So the, the very moment that he released it, now, I, I, I like to ask questions of the text. I don't know if anyone else, I, I was always curious as a kid, so um, I was the one in Sunday school that says, but why? You know, why did God love the earth, or create the earth? Um, I'm like, well, why did he create it? Um, because he loves people. But why? Um, because he created them. But why? So Sunday school teachers really didn't like me that much. But I want to get into the mind of this young child. There had to be a level of expectation where he would give his lunch knowing that there was the need to feed the masses. There had to be a level of dream in his eyes that would say that, hey, everything is possible with God. It wasn't just I'm being obedient, but I believe that we need to be obedient, but we also need to also have expectations. That I'm expecting that God, if I give you my peace, then I realize that it matters, but that you could do something above and beyond all that can, I can ever ask, think, or dream, God, that you could do something with this. Am I talking to a house that believes God can use every season, every little thing, every piece in their life, and do something extraordinary? Do I have 50 people that would declare God can use the little seeds inside of me? God can use my mouth. God can use my voice. God can use my my talent God could use my time and as long as I release it with expectation then I'm gonna have the ability to expect the miracle and the worship team can come I'm wrapping up with this your peace like it matters. So in my hand, what, what am I holding? All of a sudden the kids lit up. Well, well, this really isn't a puzzle. It's only just a piece. It, it's this is probably representative of every one of us here. And if you've ever done a puzzle before, one of the things of the tricks, first of all, let me give you the secret. Trick number one, start with the edges. 
Y'all know how to do that, right? But oftentimes, you know, I believe we get frustrated. It's because all we do is look at the peace when God has the full picture. And we're wondering at times, God, can you do anything with this? God, can you use me? And we don't always have the advantage of seeing the whole puzzle. But when you buy a puzzle from a store, it normally comes in a box. And the box is an image of exactly that which what you're putting together. So I wanted just to share this with you all today. If you've ever felt like this, seemingly insignificant in the landscape of life, your peace, it matters. And it may seem insignificant by itself. And I'm talking even sometimes with our leaders. Sometimes you feel like, man, am I doing enough? Because maybe you don't see things changing the way how you want to change or growing at this at the rate you want it to grow or maybe you don't see your children following Jesus in the way that you desire and you're wondering what does it do I still pray for them in the morning do I still anoint the pillow at night like God I've made some mistakes can you still use me God, I feel like my life is puzzling. Like all I am is a piece without any structure. And I'm here to remind you today that your peace, it matters. Your gifting, your experience. The way how you see life, your five loaves, your two fish, it, it matters, but you're only going to see the benefits and the multiplication when you research, when you realize, and when you release it. When you look at your life and say, God, <laughs> Can you use this? And this is what I hear the Lord say. Anything you give me, I can use for my glory and for the greatest things to happen in the kingdom. Anything you release unto me. See, when we give God this, he already has the full picture in his in his mind and all he's asking for us today for you today whether you're young or whether you're old he wants you to know that your place on the planet it matters your perspective it matters the way how you dress your style he wants that
God, we thank you. So the boy gives his lunchbox to Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus now takes the bread, he gives thanks, which is almost symbolic historically of what happened in the wilderness that bread came out of nowhere that there was a miracle of distribution but also it was a foretelling of Jesus that says I am the bread of life and so he breaks the bread and he distributes it <laughs> and if I could share with this God wants to use you to distribute his miracle you know what Jesus could have done he could have like snapped his fingers and then everyone had a Chick-fil-A bag in front of them well actually they couldn't it was Sunday it's closed on Sundays but if that's what he wanted he could have done it but but do you see the miracle is about the participation of everyone giving their peace it was the disciples who had to first go and search for a person who had food. It was a young boy who had to say, I'm willing to give my lunch. It was someone coming to say, well, wait a second. Here is the boy who has his lunch. The young boy had to release his peace unto Jesus. And Jesus prayed. He broke the bread. But it was the disciples that had to distribute it. Can I tell you, your peace, it matters. And I just sense even for this house that there is a multiplication miracle of souls that God has established for this house. And it takes every single one of us to do our part. So just nudge your neighbor and say, do your part. Bring your peace. Bring your bread. Bring your fish. And bring your curry because your peace matters. Thanks for joining us this week on the One Church Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. If you are ready to start a relationship with Jesus and commit your life to Him, please contact us at info at onechurchonline.com. We hope you found value in this podcast. And we'd appreciate if you would share us with others and tell your family and friends to follow along. Our prayer and hope is that this podcast can reach countless lives. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels at One Church LI. And visit us at our website, OneChurchOnline.com. Here at One Church, our vision is to see Jesus. We exist to reach the one with the love of Jesus and for all to live like Jesus. We want to see Jesus in each other and we pray and believe that there is more for you.